so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Today's Bible reading comes from John chapter 7, verse 37 to 41. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit... By he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later being given no, yeah, were later to receive. Up to that time the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Thank you, James. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, church, uh, in building and online. Uh, It's great to see you. It's great to see a camera, and I trust that there's people there as well. Uh, Thanks uh, this morning, Eliza and Helena. Helena really bought the bippity-boppity-boo on the the Congos, whatever it is, this morning. That was very funky, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Speaking of bippity-boppity-boo, who caught last week's message... Uh, and the somewhat unusual uh, intro into that. Uh, put up your hand if you're in the building if you caught that. Um, you can do something online. I don't have anything in front of me at the moment to see you online. That was funny, wasn't it? I think Carl nearly had a heart attack from his uh, recounting of it uh, later to me that the wrong that he clicked the wrong message, uh, that the unedited version was clicked. But I think uh, I got a lot of feedback that that was so refreshing, actually, to see some normalness and... Uh, Someone said the funniest bit was when I shifted from, you know, saying bippity-boppity-boo, which I have no recollection of saying, but apparently I did, and switching to, okay, preacher mode. Um, and so uh, this has been hard, hasn't it? Church has been hard in this season of not being able to sing, of having to connect online and stuff. And so we want to bring some, some normalcy to it. We want to bring some connection to it. Um, so what we want to start doing is uh, just having a hello from someone in the church each week um, that we can see here in the building and online. Um, and so this week, Deb and Neil, who happen to be in the building, but this is a pre-recorded hello from Deb and Neil. Uh, so if James and Morgan can tee Hi that everyone. up. Hi everyone, Neil and Deb here. Um, we've really um, missed gathering really with you on a Sunday, but we've really felt connected with you you all as we've gathered here as a family in our own home. Our Sundays have been really important to us. Uh, Obviously we can't gather but they've been the highlight of our week. Uh, Sometimes just us, sometimes all sorts of extras coming in to help us be as normal as a Glassford household can be. (laughs) Um, My favourite verse is 1 Thessalonians 5 16 to 18 which is be joyful always Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, and that's really helped us get through the last few months. Uh, we do thank God for the, the technology we've got these days that has helped us connect, not only being able to watch church online, but have Zoom meetings and all that sort of stuff, which not all that many years ago we couldn't have done. So that's yeah. been a great thing to keep us all connected. So we just want to pray that God blesses and keeps each one of you, that you find the strength and the joy to persevere at this time and can't wait to see you all again. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Neil. 
Um, great to see. And um, so we want to have a hello like that from someone each week now. And uh, the whole idea is, you know, we've been working hard at getting our production, so to speak, here in the building good so that people at home can really connect as best as possible with here. But we also just want to relax a little bit and connect as humans. And so um, we're not worried about you having all the tech whiz to be able to do that. If you'd love to do that, please let me know. This week I'll be trying to tee up a bunch of people for that to happen while I'm away. And I am going away. Uh, I am going to unplug for a while, as uh, Steve said, but I will return. Um, and, and my family will return. But I, I, I want to remind you, we've got a great lineup of, of guest preachers and a couple of our own people to speak during that time. So um, it's actually going to be a real blessing for the church, I believe, that we've got some great people coming in. We've got you know, the, the Association's Evangelism Consultant, the, the Children and Families Ministry Leader from our association. We've got um, the closest human to Jesus that Christy and I have ever met, Steve Frost, is coming to speak towards the end of that time. Um, David Nathan, who many of us know, is coming in that time. Keith Todd, one of our local friends and pastors, is coming to share in that time a couple of times. So I encourage you, don't tune out during that time. It's actually a time to tune in more so, um, because I think God's really going to bless our church through all those different voices, those men and women. Okay. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into God's Word this morning and ask you to pray with me. Mm, so, Heavenly Father, on, on this day that we celebrate fathers... We pray a great thanks to you for being our Heavenly Father and also being the provider of our earthly fathers. So I want to thank you for my dad this morning, Lord. We thank you for each and every one of our dads, for the role they've played in our life. Father, we pray that you would heal any place of wounding because we know that no earthly dad is perfect some more so than others, Lord. And so we pray that you would heal any place of wounding as a result of a, a broken father this morning, Lord. Father, we pray for, for those of us that are fathers. We pray that you would enable us to, as Steve's mentioned before in what he said, those great words, to be a father to our children that's led by you, our Heavenly Father. And, you know, as we come to your word this morning, Father, I pray that it wouldn't just be my words, but it would be the words of the Spirit this morning. Father, enable me to be gentle and gracious where you would have me be gentle and gracious this morning. But enable me also to be bold and clear and not shrink back where you would have me be bold and clear and not shrink back. Mm. So we come before you this morning to be shaped by your word, Lord. And may it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I want to ask you, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? And I'm not talking about are you dehydrated and you need a drink. We're talking about something deeper than a physical thirst. Uh, this morning we're, we're talking about thirst, but it's more uh, a metaphor for an inner craving. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsting for comfort? Are you thirsting for answers? Are you thirsting for peace, for joy, for inner contentment? Are, are you craving something within you? Uh, the reality is I think a lot of us are, are, in that sense, really thirsty right now. Our world has been turned upside down. Things are different. We thought this would be you know, a crisis moment in our lives and things would be back to normal and we're still just where we are. 
A lot of us are thirsty for answers. And so this morning, I, I want you to, I guess, take a moment to pause and think, am I thirsty? It's just like a, a physical thirst, like a dehydration. If, if we're busy and we're running around, sometimes we don't realize that we're thirsty until we're kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm really thirsty, I've just got to stop and drink. And so maybe some of us haven't paused in this season to realize that you're thirsty, that you're craving something. And maybe you've been pursuing satisfaction for your thirst but you haven't paused to realize that, that the things that you're pursuing it in aren't satisfying that thirst. And so I thank James for reading this morning. This morning, uh, in the core of this passage in John chapter 7, Jesus addresses our thirst. What wasn't read this morning, and we're not going to read it all, it's a long chapter. Uh, I'm not actually going to read much more of it, but I want to speak to it. See, John chapter 7 is a chapter where there are so many theories from so many voices put out into the world, so many answers offered by people. The chapter starts um, with the the scene of a a festival coming up and so the, the Jewish people would travel to Jerusalem several times during the year for festivals. Uh, This one would have been the uh, festival of tabernacles or booths. Uh, and so Jesus' brothers are speaking to him and they have a theory about Jesus. They've seen his actions. We're told they don't believe in him. They obviously believe he exists, but they don't believe in him being the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And, and their perspective on Jesus, their theory, their answer to who Jesus is, because Jesus was the hot topic at this festival, their answer is that he's kind of someone seeking celebrity status. They say, well, don't you want to be a public figure? You should go to the festival. That's where it's at. Uh, The crowds at the festival had all kinds of theories. Some thought he was a good man. Some thought he was a deceiver. Some thought he was demon-possessed. Some thought he was the Messiah. Some thought he was a prophet. So we've got people thinking he's the Christ, which is another word for Messiah. It means anointed one. And we've got some thinking he's the Antichrist. That he's demon-possessed, a deceiver, all kinds of theories. Some seeking to arrest and kill him. And there were some conspiracy theorists that thought, well, how is he speaking here publicly when the religious leaders are saying that they want to arrest him and kill him? There must be something more. Maybe they think he's actually the Messiah. There was conspiracy theories happening even back then in Jesus' day. And so all of this, all of these theories, all of these different voices, I I, want to suggest tells us something that we need to grab hold of, that that the people at the time needed to know, and that was you need to be careful whose voice you listen to. You need to be careful whose voice you listen to. Because if you tune in to the wrong voice, you can be completely led astray. There was lots of voices Lots of theories, lots of answers, even back in Jesus' day. And and the thing is, every theory had its evidence. Those that thought that Jesus could not possibly be the Messiah had evidence to, to prove it. Well, he's from Galilee. The Messiah can't come from Galilee. Those that thought he was demon possessed had their evidence. 
I thought you, you're saying this crazy stuff. That, that sounds like someone possessed with a demon. Everyone had their evidence to suggest that what their theory was, was true. And so you had to be careful who you listened to. And I want to suggest this isn't just a John chapter 7, 2,000 years ago thing. Right now, in this moment, we need to be careful who we choose to listen to. Because right now, there are so many opinions, so many theories, so many answers. So many answers for why we are where we are right now. And so much of this is toxic Toxic thoughts and ideas that seem to have their evidence. But we need to be very careful who we choose to listen to. The Apostle Paul, to jump out of John chapter 7, which we're going to do a little bit this morning, the Apostle Paul also warned us in his letter to Timothy about these kind of theories, these kind of ideas. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 to 5, If anyone teaches otherwise, this is other than the the doctrine of Christ that Paul has articulated and does not agree with the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and a godly teaching, they are conceited and understanding nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words, the results that results in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means of financial gain. And so we live in a world where there are many voices that are seeking to give answers to why we are where we are. But it's this thing that Paul's warning us about. It's stirring up controversy. Jesus told us to test a ministry, a prophet, by the fruit. And so this kind of thing, as Paul says, stirs up this kind of fruit. Envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions and constant friction between people of corrupt minds. And so we need to be careful, people, who we listen to right now. Because there are so many thoughts, there are so many ideas, there are so many theories. We also need to be aware of the bubble. We need to be aware of the bubble or another word for it might be the echo chamber. What I mean by this is, uh, and we can illustrate this from, from the pharisaical bubble, so to speak. The Pharisees had a bubble. In verses 45 through to the end of John chapter 7, we're told that finally the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? They'd been sent to arrest Jesus. They said, no one ever spoke the way this man does. You mean he's deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. And so the Pharisees had a bubble that no other thought different to the one that they had already decided was was the truth. No other thought could enter that bubble. 
the temple guards had a thought, well, there's something different about this man. I'm not sure you're right. But they pushed that out of the bubble. Nicodemus, who'd gone to speak to Jesus and, and who'd had that, we spoke about him, that conversation about being born again. He kind of at least raised the question, hey, do we, should we perhaps examine, you know, do some research on our thinking on this topic to see if what we believe is true? And his thoughts are squashed as well. So the Pharisees had a bubble. We need to be careful who we listen to, but we need to be careful about the bubble. Often you don't realize you're in a bubble until it's too late. We all have our bubbles. We have friendship bubbles, family bubbles. We all live, in a sense, in echo chambers. We all get to a place where we say, well, everybody is saying, just like the Pharisees. Every, what are you guys coming out with? Everybody says that this man is a blasphemer and, and the Antichrist. Everybody's saying it. Where's this idea come from? We all have our bubbles. And if you engage with social media at all, welcome to the bubble. And Facebook's not all bad. Some of us are only participating in church this morning thanks to our connection through Facebook. But you are fed what you engage with on Facebook. It creates a bubble around your thinking. You are fed what will get you to click and comment on Facebook. Every so, It's not just Facebook. Every social media platform, YouTube will suggest videos that are similar to videos that you've already watched. And so what happens is you get layer upon layer speaking into your thought world. So you need to be careful who you listen to, but you need to realize that you're in a bubble. If everybody is saying, then maybe that is time to check who everybody is. And so, there are so many theories, so many answers given in Jesus' day. There are so many theories, so many answers given in our day. And so I want to urge us this morning to be careful whose voice you listen to. Especially, if I may say, if that voice is someone out there online. I understand the irony. I'm looking at the camera as I say this. That for some of you, I am someone out there online. Right now is a moment that we need to be especially careful of who we listen to and what bubbles of thought we've found ourselves in. Because if we listen to the wrong voices, and if we have that confirmed by our bubble, our echo chamber, we can find ourselves so far from the truth, it's scary. And then, in the midst of all these voices, there's Jesus. In verse 37, we're told, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. And so we need to know a little bit about this festival, but not too much. To bore you with theology, Deb and I can talk about the intricacies of the Festival of the Tabernacles later on, and we can nerd out on that. But but we need to know that this was a festival where each day of the festival went for seven days. A, a, A jug, essentially, of water was taken to the altar at the temple and poured out over it, and it was symbolic of many things. It was part of the harvest um, of, of, uh, I think, uh, 
tree fruits at this time, but there's, yeah, anyway. But every day there was this kind of symbolic water ceremony. But then on the last day, they repeated it seven times. That seven times this, this ceremony, this festival of pouring out water on the altar. And then, of course, the water would run down from the altar. And so it was symbolic of water flowing out from the altar of God to his people. And so this was the last and greatest day. The symbolism of this festival was all about water. And so Jesus said on the last and greatest day in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. In the middle of all the voices and theories, in the middle of all the, the, the people who were trying to get your attention for them uh, so that you listen to them, Jesus extends the invitation that stands to this very day. Let anyone who is thirsty come to him and drink. Jesus is the answer to our thirst. Jesus is the only voice to listen to. And so even for me, your beloved pastor, I'll just claim that. (laughs) If my words are not his words, inspired by his words, filled with his spirit, then don't listen. The apostle Paul, who was encountered the risen, glorified Lord himself on the road to Damascus. Even he said in his letters, if anyone preaches another gospel, even if I start preaching something different to you, tune out. says it in stronger words than that, but tune out. Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, if you're craving answers, if you're seeking truth, come to me and drink. Jesus is the only theory we need to pay attention to right now. In verse 38 and 39, it goes on. In verse 37, he said, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And in verse 38, he says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The beauty is... My brothers and sisters, we live in the later. We live in the moment after Jesus' glorification. That means that the Spirit has been given for us. Jesus says that he won't just satisfy our thirst. We don't just come to him and drink and be satisfied, we come to him and drink, and if we believe in him, that, that, that satisfaction, that filling from the Holy Spirit won't be just something that fills, it will overflow so much so that a river of living water will flow from within us. He spoke about this living water to the woman at the well, and we didn't focus too much on it at that time because I knew we'd come back to it. But he spoke about this living water in John chapter 4, verses 10 to 14. He said, If you knew the gift of God, he's speaking to the woman at the well. And who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? As did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, 
everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so the question this morning to ask of what you might be going to to satisfy your thirst is do you get thirsty again afterwards? Does it actually satisfy? Because Jesus says this is the kind of water that when you drink it, you will never thirst again. This is the kind of water that overflows, wells up within you to eternal life. This is the kind of water that flows out of you like a river, like a stream, so that it impacts those around you as well. If what you're feeding on to satisfy your craving isn't doing that, isn't satisfying you and blessing others, then maybe it's not of Jesus. Jesus said, as Scripture says. And so Scripture said many things about living water. It's always when you don't bookmark something and have to find it and look like a preacher who knows where everything is in their Bible, uh, that it takes time. Now I've found it. I've filled enough time. In Joel chapter 2, Beginning at verse 28, uh, the prophet Joel, this is the scripture that said, and there's many others that speak about living water, but this one speaks about this pouring out of the Holy Spirit. In verse 28, the, the Lord speaks through the prophet Joel and says, And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. He will pour out. So this is, this is liquid terminology. This is living water poured out i'll pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days i will show wonders in heaven and on the earth blood and fire and billows of smoke the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. And as the Lord has said, even among the survivors who, call, who the Lord calls. And so this pouring out of the Spirit was always God's plan. The great and terrible day of the Lord has come. It's poured out on Jesus. We, we still await a judgment to come, but that judgment is Jesus. Jesus received that day, the moon, the, the sun went dark as Jesus hung on the cross. And so I want to encourage us this morning to not listen to the noise, not listen to the theories, the answers that seem to have their evidence, but to come to Jesus and drink and so I want to return to that question are you thirsty sometimes my body is thirsty and you know I'm dehydrated but I crave all kinds of other things you know I might be thirsty what I really need is water but I feel like ice cream or I might want something sweeter like oh, some lollies or some juice or you know Sometimes there's that Coke kind of thirsty. I just need a 
need a can of Coke. And, and, and so the point I'm getting at is sometimes I'm craving something. My body is craving something and, and, and it feels like all different kind of things that I need. But what I actually need is just a big glass of water and then probably another one afterwards. It might be just me, maybe my body's just weird, but, but so often for me at least, and maybe for you, I'm craving, and I think it's all these different kind of things that I need to feel better within myself, but, but I actually just need a glass of water. And so I want to suggest that, that that is true of Jesus and his spirit. Sometimes we're craving all kinds of things and, and we seek all kinds of answers and maybe that's from, from friends and family, maybe it's Facebook and YouTube, uh, maybe, maybe we feel like we need to know, maybe it's just the news, I'm not saying all these things are bad in themselves, but, but maybe we find ourselves trawling through news.com and then abc.com and, and, and we're getting into all these different kind of things because we think that's what we need, we need to know everything about everything so that we feel okay, we need to know the latest virus numbers, we need to know the latest theory on why there's those virus numbers we need to know the latest restrictions down to a t and we think that's what we need but what we really need is jesus what we really need is jesus and then maybe another glass and then maybe another glass we have all kinds of cravings it feels like all different kinds of things but what we really need is Jesus. The Lord spoke about this in, in Jeremiah through the prophet Jeremiah, which is one of these Old Testament scriptures where living water is spoken of. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. And so here the Lord says through the prophet, My people have committed two sins. One, two. Firstly, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water. So the Lord's saying, I am the spring of living water. I am the living flow. I am what satisfies. I am what quenches the thirst. But my people have forsaken me. They've turned away from drinking from the living water. And what have they done instead? They've forsaken me, the spring of living water. And they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And so not all water is the same. If you live in Yass, then you know that to be true. Not all water is the same. The filtered stuff is different to what comes straight out of the tap. The tank stuff, that's different to what comes straight out of the tap. Um, the reverse osmose stuff, that's, that's the good stuff. And so those are, those are different types of water in our day here in Yass, but, but in ancient times there was, there was different types of water. There was living water. Uh, which in the natural spoke of a stream, a spring, a flow of water. That was the best kind of water. It was, it was fresh. It was flowing. Don't picture Yass River. It's flowing, but it ain't fresh. But living water, a flowing stream, was the best kind of water. The next best was a well. It, it wasn't a stream. It wasn't living water, but it was at least tapping into the underground water source and you could draw that up to the surface. Uh, the water would be filtered through the rock um, that the well was dug into and so it would be fairly fresh. And it would be down in the earth, it would be cool and so lots of you know, our lovely microbial 
things, which they didn't understand at that time, but they understood the water was better from the well, wouldn't get as much of a sway on it because it's down in the coolness. The, the other type of water was a cistern, which basically means a pit you dig to fill up with rainwater or some other water source. You might go out to the well and come back and fill up your cistern. It's kind of like a water tank dug into the ground. And the thing with that is it was not a fresh flow. It was not tapping into the filtered subterranean waters. It was what could just become a stanky puddle. It could become quite festy. If you've ever left a bucket of water outside for long enough and just done nothing with it, it might start out a fresh, beautiful, clear bucket of water. But if you just leave it for long enough, especially if it gets warm like it does in Israel, it doesn't take long before that bucket of water is not something you want to drink from. Am I right? You with me? If you're at home, nod your heads at the TV. And so what is God saying? saying Israel have forsaken the fresh stream, the best water, to drink from a stanky, muddy pit. It was a condemnation for Israel by this point in the uh, prophetic history, in their journey. But for us, it's a warning. Jesus is calling us to come to him if we're thirsty. So this scripture warns us to not forsake the living water to drink from broken cisterns. What, what's a broken cistern today? Well, well, so often, again, this is not anti-Facebook. Some of us are connecting via Facebook right now, but so often Facebook is just a broken cistern. I didn't bring my phone up here, with, but... But so often we can be craving something and so we flip open our phone, we're on Facebook and our thumbs scrolling away or on the computer scrolling away until we find something. And so often that something is not something good for us, it's something that engages us, outrages us, stirs up fear, gets our attention one way or another. So often that's a broken system. So often we go to conspiracy theories or, or out there ideas to explain the now because we want an answer. We, we want to know something. It can't possibly just be some coincidence in a virus mutating that swept the world. It can't be that. And so we want an answer. Sometimes the simplest answer doesn't satisfy, so we find some other ones. I'd suggest that's a broken system. We go to our echo chambers. We go to fear mongers. Some of us go to drunkenness. Some of us go to overeating. There's so many broken systems that we go to. When we're thirsty. And there might not be things that are all bad. You know, a cistern was a, a, a valuable thing. It was a, a pool, a resource, a storage of water. But when it's bad is when that thing is festy and yucky and gross and you could be drinking the good stuff. And so I want to say to you this morning, if you're seeking to satisfy your thirst drinking from a broken cistern, stop it. Now, if you're going to a broken cistern instead of the living water, stop it. 
If, if what you're going to, to, to satisfy your soul in this moment causes fear and anxiety, causes constant scrolling, causes outrage, causes anger, even if those things might be true, it's not living water. Because there's only one source of living water, and that is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If you're feeding your soul from a broken system, stop it. Drink from the living water that Jesus provides. It's more than enough. We can trust Him that if we anchor our soul in Him, if we seek Him to satisfy our thirst, we don't need everything else. We don't need everything else. We don't need to scroll through the news obsessively. It's good to be informed to a degree, but for so many and for me, Often, news becomes a broken system. We don't need to stay up to date on Facebook. We don't need to catch up with the latest theory about who's the worst person in the world right now. We just need to fix our gaze on Jesus. To come to Him and to be filled and to be satisfied. And and you know what, when we do that, I promise you this. You can tell me during the week, not after the next week, because I'm going on holidays. You've got a week to tell me. One week trial. We'll reconvene next Sunday. If you've been drinking from what I've labelled a broken system this morning, if that's the place you've been going to, give me one week. Stop it now. Give me one week of coming to no one but Jesus and his word and his spirit to satisfy your soul. And tell me in one week whether you really feel like you still need all that other stuff. He's more than enough. I'm going to finish with this. Elijah, Elijah, that would be good. Even better is Eliza and Helena with the bippity-boppity. You can come and start to minister as soon as you feel the moment is right. Through the prophet Isaiah, our Father extended this invitation thousands of years ago that Jesus re-extends to us. That is constantly the, the invitation of Scripture. In Isaiah 55, verses 1 to 3, the Lord says to us, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. See, Jesus said, as the scripture has said, he didn't reference any particular invitation because this is the constant invitation of scripture. Come to him and drink without cost. without needing to pursue the things that do not satisfy. Without trying to drink from a broken cistern. See, they're not just festy, the broken cisterns. Jesus, uh, the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah, sorry, said they were broken. They can't actually hold water. 
They're not just festy and gross. They keep running dry. But living water never runs dry. And so this is the invitation of God Almighty. It's the invitation of Jesus. It's the invitation of the Holy Spirit. Are you thirsty? The invitation this morning that I extend on the behalf of Jesus. Come to Jesus and drink. So I'm just going to take this moment now to allow our Eliza and Helena to minister through music. hear the invitation of Jesus Jesus we are so thirsty our thoughts are going to what next some of us are thinking the sermon's ending which it is I promise you that okay what's what have I got to do for lunch what have I got to do this afternoon wonder what's happening in the news even perhaps so I just want to draw you back the invitation is now Jesus, we want to respond to your invitation and receive living water now. We repent. We're sorry of forsaking you to drink from broken systems. We ask now that the Holy Spirit would come. satisfied and never thirst that we would flow with the river of the Holy Spirit that others might find refreshment in our presence through the Spirit and we want to simply come this morning Jesus Keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.